Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to episode 5 of Business Bros, brought to you by Sears First. Business Bros. My name is Hernancius, and I'm here with my bro, Vincius. Alright, today's topic, we're going to be talking about our very first investment property that we purchased. Remember that? I do remember that. That was... Quite that was a hell of a time. Dude, it was quite some time ago, mainly because we went to Las Vegas. That was my first time. No, no, it wasn't my first time in Vegas, but it was my first time gambling in Vegas. And you weren't 21 yet. I wasn't quite 21 yet. Now, uh, dude, remember when we went to Caesar's Palace? Mm-hmm. And it, back then, we still had coins in the slot machine. So we'd walk yeah. around with the little buckets, and we went to Caesar's Palace, and we we're just dropping coins like in every slot machine and pulling the thing. Yep. And then you hit. And then I hit. And I won, I don't know, $400 or something like that. You're like, dude, come here, come here, stand right here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. here." I had to stand in front of that slot machine, make sure we got paid. (laughs) Because the coins, they just kept coming. They just kept coming, dude. All right, so how did we get into buying our first property? Well, we had already had the one. We had the one. That we bought in Pedigo, the party house. The party house. And it went up in value real quick. Real quick. You know, that does lead us to a little bit of a specific topic that we can talk about, which is buying properties in areas that increase in value. High appreciation areas. High appreciation areas. Like San Diego. Like San Diego. San Diego's nuts, right? Ridiculous. San Diego appreciates like crazy, but when the market turns around... It comes down quickly, too. It gets down really quickly, too. It comes down hard, and people feel that uh, really badly. So that's the difference between investing in San Diego and making a lot on the appreciation versus the property that we own in Maryland. Right. I mean, it's it's an investment strategy, right? So uh, when, when people ask me about buying, I'm, I'm always asking them the same question. What's your exit strategy? How do you plan to get out of this property? Most people don't think about getting out when they're trying to get in. Right. You know, but that's kind of, it's crucial, right? I mean, if if you're banking on appreciation, that's probably not a good investment to be in. Hoping that the house goes up in value and thinking that it's going to go up in value at all times, poor investment advice. Right. So you were talking about Maryland. Maryland wasn't like that at all. Maryland was definitely a cash flow strategy. So... When I bought that property in Maryland, I was in the Navy still. It was my last few years in the Navy. And that particular area was right near, obviously, a Navy base. The rents in that area were 1000 to $1,100 for apartments, for, you know. Homes, any, yeah. You know, it, it, that's basically where it was starting. But I bought the property for a hundred and ten thousand, and my mortgage payment was less than eight hundred. So definitely better than the one percent rule. We're looking at about one percent rule when we talk about real estate, right? Right. So basically, what that means is, if I buy a house for a hundred grand, one percent of a hundred thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. So if it rents for a thousand dollars and you can buy it for a hundred thousand dollars, that's a good starting point when we're analyzing property investments. So it was a pretty easy decision to make. It was like, this one's going to cash flow as soon as I get out of the Navy and rent it. Right. And, you know, during the time that I was in the Navy, that I would lived in the house, I had a minimal mortgage payment 
And as soon as I got out of the Navy and came back home to San Diego, it was rented out. And we make cash flow ever since. Ever, yeah. But see, that's the difference, though. This is a more strategic investment. Let's go turn the clock back to our very first investment property. Remember, we talked about how we bought our first property, and that was kind of dumb luck. But at the same time, it was initiative actually going out and making it happen. Right. Uh, Vegas was a little lucky, too, with a little bit of skill involved at the same time. Yeah, well, how did we get to this whole point, right? We realized that our property that we owned, the Pedago House, was increasing in value. We started listening to... Um, we're rereading Rich Dad Poor Dad books. Rid- thank you, yeah. We started uh, seeing different commercials for, hey, go to the bank, get money out of your home. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's telling us to do the same thing. You know, you can refinance your home and get this money out. And we're like, no, that doesn't doesn't work for us. We're not like that. We're, we're kids, like whatever. Yeah. We're lucky we even got this house. Exactly. Right? But uh, sure enough, we walk into the bank and we get a refi and... A first $50,000 check in our bank account. $50,000. 21 years old, 22 years, years old. old. And like, whoa, we got money, son. Yep, yep. 20, 21 years old, and we got a $50,000 check sitting in our pocket, burning a hole. But what did we do with it? Well, I mean, we decided to take a chance and uh, talk. You know, at that point, we realized that, that real estate made money. Real estate makes money. Real estate makes money. Right? We made that more was... money pulling out that $50,000, right? And it's tax-free. It's tax-free it because it's a loan. Because it's a loan. Right. And we made that kind of money in a year. You were working at Wells Fargo. I was working for, well, Cox. Cox. Yeah. Actually, maybe I think by I, this time we were, we're already at PC Cruisers. I think we were already at PC Cruisers. But either way, I mean, you were making... 12 bucks maybe an hour, yeah. 10 bucks an hour, something exactly. like that. It was not very good. Not very much. Uh, I was, you know, making maybe $1,000 a month, and we made $50,000. By signing some more paperwork. Year. By signing some more paperwork. I thought, okay, well, there's got to be a way we can do this more often. Right. So and we, better. Right. So uh, we signed up. We, we saw one of those uh, hotel promos, right? Come here. Learn how to invest in real estate for free. Oh, yeah. So we decided, oh, I want to do that, and it's free. Let's go. Not knowing they're going to pitch us some more stuff, right? Yeah. Obviously. And obviously now, but back then, what do we know? We're young kids. Right, right. So we show up. We know up. that now. Yeah, we show up, and it's a big hoorah, ha-ha, yeah, everybody has energy. Woohoo! Give me four grand to uh, let me teach you how to invest in Vegas three days, two nights. Yep. Come on down. And uh, so... We did. We did. We said, okay, well. Well, we got 50 grand. Why not? Busted out a few, new credit card. N- gave it to him right there on the spot. Paid for our two seats. It was two grand a piece, right? It was two grand a piece. So uh, we paid for those two seats, and boom, we were ready to go. Now, here's a funny story, right? So, Chief, Chief Denny, if you're ever listening to this, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what happened. Uh, next day I get a call from the guy that, uh, took our credit card information. He's like, Hey, something's wrong. It didn't go through whatever, whatever. I was like, it should have gone through. It's a brand new credit card. So he goes, uh, let me get the card information again. So he get, I give him the, the 16 digit card number expiration date and so forth. And he runs it. And I remember him saying, awesome. All right. So we're going to credit this card and then we're good to go. I didn't think of anything at the time. I thought it was weird the way he said it, but I didn't think of anything at the time. 
until about a week later, I get a check from the credit card company for four for grand. So the guy didn't understand the difference between debits and credits. It's one of the stories that I tell my students all the time. You got to understand the difference between debits and credits. In this case, he credited my credit card $4,000 instead of debiting my credit card. So basically they paid us four grand to go to four Vegas. grand to go to Vegas and take their class. So we did. So we drive up to Vegas and we sit into this uh, real estate course. Mind you, we're the only 20 and 21 year old kids in this course. And everybody else there is and, you know, significantly four. older yeah. and more experienced. And Way more experienced. Probably about our age now, at least would have been the next youngest. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in there and, and basically it's, it's an eye-opening experience. We learn about subject twos. We learn about assignment of contract. We learn about what mortgages are. We learn all kinds of terminology. Ba basically, I think it was more like a language course, to be honest. It was more like we learned how to speak That's real true. estate. I, I think we talked about this in one of the uh, previous podcasts where it's a language. It's when you understand the language, you can speak to people about the things that... Yeah, exactly. And we that's exactly what it was. I mean, it was... It was two days it was two nights but it was three days of knowledge just like matrix style like plug it in the back of your head and just dump a bunch of stuff in your head and so can only wish it came that fast though. only i mean it felt like it at least it did but but we were we we're learning so much so fast and then one of the things they did at this uh at this function was they loaded us all up in a bus mm -hmm. and they took us around driving around vegas to show us properties right right and, and, it, and mind you, it's a hoorah thing. Everybody's excited. We're going to go check out these properties that we've been talking about, you know, the last two days. Third day, we're going to go check out these properties. And so now we now we understand, you know, you're taking the, the book story and turning it into an applicable real life. Like, remember we told you about this? Look, here it is in real life. You remember, remember this strategy you? that we talked about? Look, this is how here. you can implement it. So I remember uh, getting on the bus and somebody stood at the front of the bus and was like, all right, so... Who's going to put an offer in on this house? And everybody kind of looks around sheepishly at each other. And the host is like, of course I am. What about the rest of you guys? Yeah. Basically, he's feeding the frenzy, right? He's dropping fuel to this fire. He's trying to get you to do something. Because the truth is, I mean, and he's right. Although they're there to sell properties, I mean, one of the pitches, is they were probably the brokers on the deals. More than so, likely. So they were making money on the transactions. But more than that. I mean, conceptually, it was right. If there's deals to be made, if you pull the trigger, if you get out there and actually make it happen. And so he was standing in front of the bus saying that. And, you know, we were like, no, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Well, actually, I was telling you, no, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But you're always like, dude, we need to do something. We need to do something. We need to do something. You know, at this point in our life, one of the things that I remember is that you did the, uh, what do we call it? The fish flip-flop the flip-flop fish yeah so you would you would get stuck in paralysis of analysis yeah. and you wouldn't want to make a move and i was the one that was like whatever man we're 20 years old who cares let's do it let's oh well, i've always been proud i don't want to make a mistake yeah. you know what i mean I, I, i'm not the type of person who likes to make mistakes at that time at that now, time now i don't mind failing failing forward right but but back then i was like dude i mean we just got this money. You want to spend it? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was tripping me out. We got that money in like a year. Who cares? We can obviously make it again. Do it again. We can just do it again. Right? And Vegas is, is a hot market. It's actually hotter than San Diego was at the time. It was booming. You're talking temperature or? Well, probably both, actually. <laughs> I mean, I remember being God, hot. it's ridiculously hot out there. So, anyways, we um, we get back 
from the bus and we're talking to Shane O'Mac. Yeah, no, actually, really quick to, to backtrack just a tiny bit. Uh, you said it was hotter at the time than San Diego was. And it really, I mean, again, this is right before the, the, the bubble burst. Right, right? This, this is, is 2004. And one of the things that they really sold us on was how Vegas is growing so much and all this infrastructure and people are just going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And I mean, they're, they're right. It's true. It still is continuing to grow. I mean, they're getting a football team now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they got a, a hockey team that did really well. Yep. Go Knights go, you know, there, there definitely is infrastructure still, there for growth and it's still growing. But at that time, it definitely was that, that, curve was really really steep well it was like anything else everybody was banking on appreciation so mm-hmm. it was it was people like us who are not going to be living there right who are not going to be working there but we're buying there but we're buying there to make a quick buck to make a quick buck and so were a lot of other people a lot of people and and that's what was driving prices up really hot i mean it's that it's that auction mentality yeah. you need to get in now before it's too late mentality. Right. And so, of course, supply and demand, of course, we that did. demand was high and demand was high. And of course, we jumped in. Yep. And I remember going back meeting with Shane O'Mac, our real estate agent. Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac was a cool guy and uh, young, too. Yeah, he was young, too. Yeah, he was just a couple years older than us. Yeah. But uh, he sat down with us. He's like, OK, I think he showed us like three pa- properties on paper. And he was like, which one do you want? <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, I, I don't remember actually going to ever see that property. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. You did. You didn't. But um, but he basically said, which one do you want? And we're like, um, that one. And that's it. We signed the paperwork. Um, 20, so 30 we bought days, it sight unseen. Sight unseen. And 20, 30 days later, I went back to Vegas, signed the paperwork, and boom. That was it. We, we owned the house. property. And, and w- again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about how easy it is to actually buy a property. It really how is. E- how easy it can be. I mean, there are definitely times when there's a lot of things that need to happen for the deal to go through. I mean, with our first house, we had to put the new roof and redo the fascia boards and all this stuff before we even owned it. Yeah. yeah. With that Vegas one, it was all brand new construction. There was nothing to it. It was go in, sign some papers. Wire some money somewhere, and that's it. It that's was it. a done deal. And, and Here's your house. Now, it wasn't new construction. I mean, it had been there for uh, a few years, but um, but it was definitely, you know. I Five mean, years old? Something like that. Yeah, it was still newer. Uh, but once we actually closed escrow and we started to put it on the market to rent, we learned something mm. real quick. Rent in the area was not going to hit our 1%. Nope, not just that. We were about to lose, I think it was about 100, 150 bucks a month. Negative cash flow is not good in an investment property. And we just talked about it earlier. We weren't making a ton of money, so it's not like we can handle negative cash flow. Right. And at the time when we bought, we did not buy with our exit strategy in mind. No, we bought exactly how we tell people not to buy. We bought on pure emotion. We bought on speculation of appreciation. And we didn't even look at the numbers, really. No, we really didn't. No, it was like Vegas. We just dropped the coin in the machine and hoped that we won. <laughs> luckily, luckily, we did learn something at these uh, real estate um, seminars. So we learned a strategy called a lease to own. Lease to own. And that was our savior. It really was. Because we what, what ended up happening is we decided to use the lease to own because we were going to take advantage of the market being hot. Now, we were in a position where we had cash, so it made buying easier for us. But there were other people who didn't have nearly as much cash. 
but they wanted to get into the market just like we were. So we did what's called a lease to own. In other words, we put somebody in contract at uh, at a price. So we put this person in contract. We said, look, we're going to sell you the house for 250000 You have one year to exercise this option. Now, to take that option, to do this deal, it's going to cost you four grand, And you're going to pay, I think it was like eleven fifty a month. Sure. Right? Where the, the where the regular rent might have been a thousand or nine fifty, they were gonna pay eleven fifty to hold that option to, to hold that option. But the good thing was, um, that extra hundred and fifty bucks that we were making in positive cash flow at this point now mm-hmm. was going towards their down payment, so it would help with their financing later down the road. Right. Well, we found somebody to take that option, so we turned a negative cash flow deal into a positive cash flow deal. Just using one of those strategies that we had learned um, at that real estate seminar. So all of a sudden, instead of losing money every month, we were, we were making we were making money. a little bit of money and just enough out of that thirty grand that it cost us to put down with closing costs and everything. We got four thousand of it right back. Right. So it worked out. So one year later, what happens? They want to buy. They want to exercise that option. Actually, they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't exercise the option one year later. So we asked if they wanted to do an extension for another year. And they said yes. But the extension cost another, four grand. Another four thousand. So we got another four thousand dollars. And then six months into that ex- into that option, they ex- they exercised their option to buy and they bought at two fifty I think it was two fifty five actually. And so we ended up walking away a year and a half of positive cash flow. Two contract signings for four grand, and after closing costs and everything, I think we walked away with close to about fifty grand because we used no no uh, no agents at this point. It was just person to person deal. Right, right. So we had our own contracts that we also learned to use from uh, from the investment seminars. But we ended up walking away another positive fifty grand. That's it. That was it. The bug had bit. That was it. That was when we knew that real estate was our. That was business. our forte. That's it. This is where we're going to put our money. So, I mean, that was one hell of a deal. That was pretty quick. That was pretty easy. But it was only easy because we learned specific strategies. Right? We, we, and, and the good thing is we took a negative and turned it into a positive. I mean, there's not very many. There's a lot more people who would take the negative cash flow because they don't know any better. Right. Or they would say, well, it's a tax write-off. Yeah. So I'll write it off in my taxes later. Which is definitely true. Yeah. It, it, the, the loss is definitely a tax write-off. Um, I mean, there's and certain limitations. And if you're not hurting on the cash flow, then that's absolute, absolutely an option. Right. I, I mean, I was saying there's certain limitations to passive activity or passive income versus earned income. And there's, you know, there's, there's some stuff that goes on in that aspect as far as wiping out that loss. You'll want to ask your tax professional about that. Exactly. But, um, but yes, it could be tax deductible to you. And the fact that, that we were able to turn it around says a lot to our financial IQ, right? right? We went from knowing nothing when we first bought our first house to gaining a little bit of an education mm-hmm. to not being able to control our emotions to buy this place, but keeping our cool and turning it into a profitable event. Right. Right. And that's, that I think is, is crucial to any investor to take, you know, I, I use the poker analogy a lot of times where you play free poker you don't care what happens but as soon as you start playing for pennies it matters right right? and even when you play for pennies you might lose a hand and make dumb moves 
but you learn real quick not to make the same mistake twice. Right. You know, and so and so that's where we were. We ended up selling the house for two fifty five. We bought it for two hundred in two thousand four. In April two thousand four, we sold it for two fifty five. In March of two thousand six, um, and here's the sad thing. We went to look up the uh, stats on this particular property. Oh yeah, it sold again in June of twenty fifteen. Three years ago, for one hundred and forty thousand. Nine years after we sold it for two hundred fifty five thousand. It was sold again for a hundred and fifteen thousand less. I mean, ouch! 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 That is the thing, you know. With it feels like like a little bit like stocks, you know. It, anybody who has ever traded penny stocks, one of the strategies that penny stock uh, traders depend on is what's called a pump and dump, right? Where this penny stock will get pumped up somebody will say hey this one's good this one's good this one's good and all of a sudden that price starts going through the roof right i mean we're still talking pennies but if you buy ten thousand shares of you know a a 10 cent stock it's only costing you what thousand dollars thousand dollars maybe yeah okay so let's say this 10 10 cent stock all of a sudden goes up to 50 cents yeah you make Four times your money. You make four times your money. And then, so that's that's the pump part. And then they just dump it. So it gets built up to 50 cents, and then they dump 50 it. 50 cents, five times your money. Five times your money. Yeah. And then and then they just dump it. And next thing you know, it's it down deflates. to five cents, yeah. three cents, and whatever. And if you didn't get out at and the top. And if you didn't get out at the exactly, then you lost all your money. It feels almost like they did that to Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, that happened across the country, though. It did happen time. across the country. I mean, but markets went you know, down. Vegas as the way that it was growing, the way that it was appreciating. You know, they really felt that on the back end. Yes. You know, they really felt that dip on the back end, just like with San Diego. You know, that house that we, the Pedigo house, we bought it for two seventy five. We sold it. We for sold 464. it for four sixty four, and then. 2009, right after 2010, it was back down to 275. Back down to 275, 250, 240, somewhere around there. I remember seeing it. Yeah. And now today, today it's back up to probably about 440, somewhere like that. Somewhere in that range. Back towards the top end. Yep. So to me, that's indication that we're getting ready to see a, a turnaround. A turnaround. Yeah. It's definitely about that time. It's definitely, it's about definitely that time. coming up about that time. So. To me, one of the biggest lessons learned here through this whole experience with uh, that Las Vegas property is educate yourself before you invest. And not just the education part. Also remember that investing is emotion-free. You can't get emotionally attached to your investments. Right. You just can't. And it's really easy to get emotionally attached. Well, it's yeah, your money. because it's your money. It's your money, right? But you got to make logical thought out choices when investing especially when it comes to real estate or large purchases pretty much in any investment but more so when you're in control of what happens up and down when you're in control of when money goes in or out you know like in stocks you don't have much control of the volatility in the market Um, in real estate you don't have much control of you know how how price is going up and down but in real estate you have more control of what happens once you acquire acquire the property. Right. So I can't purchase a 
share of stock of Apple and go buy more Apple products to make the stock go up. Right. There's nothing that I can do. The stock's going to go up or down, you know, based on what the collective does, what the entire population does. But real estate, you can add a garage. You can add square footage. You can add you square can footage. change the roof. You can give it curve appeal. There's plenty of things that you can do. So you have a lot more control yeah. of, you know, what the price point is going to be. You can't control the market. No. If the market tanks, the market tanks. Right. But your property, you can do things to give it value. Right, right. And, and increase the value. You know, and that, that's the that's the other thing about markets, especially in real estate markets going up, markets going down. I mean, the the exit strategy is crucial because markets go up and markets go down. So right. if you're going into this investment thinking, I'm going to buy this property and it's going to be a rental for the next 30, 40, 50 years, then who cares what the market does? Because Doesn't matter you at that in, point. You went in with a price point with a rental agreement. You know what your your you have a fixed mortgage on it, whether you do a fifteen or a thirty year fixed, and you know what the rental value is going to be. And if the price goes way up, you have the option to sell. If the price goes below, well, who just cares? keep it rented. Just keep it rented, right? I mean, and that's why we and even even in the aspect of having those rentals, that's why. Our experiences have changed the, our outlook on how we buy in rentals for the future, right. right? I mean, we've we've decided that for the short term, anytime we do a flip, we will leverage the money. In other words, we'll borrow it, um, hard money or whatever we need to to do a short term investment. Right. But the long term investment, the long term rentals, we're paying all cash. We want to buy those in cash because because exactly for that, it's basically that exact point is if the market goes up we get to benefit from the appreciation. Right. And if the market goes down, then it doesn't matter because it's still a rental. Well, it's let me still ask a cash cow. If we if the market goes up, how do we how do we benefit from the appreciation if the market goes up when we buy in cash? Ah, that's an excellent point. That's kind of like your stock uh example. So let's say we buy a house for let's let's use the stock. Let's say we buy Apple at uh, $50 a share at some point, right? Sure. And then it blows up and it's $1000 a share. Mhm. Well, what do you do? You sell. You sell. Right. And that's kind of the same thing we would do with a rental. Right? We would lose the cash flow on it, but if if we know that the market like it is today, we're at the peak and we cashed out, then we'd take that cash and wait for a turnaround. Right. And buy or shift the market or shift the money from one market, one micro market. Maybe our money is was in Vegas at that point and we made 50 grand. Well, Vegas got hit hard, but Alabama didn't. Ohio didn't. They don't have peaks and valleys like as much as as Vegas did. Right. So maybe we shift. we, We cash out in one area and we invest in another micro market. That's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. So there are multiple strategies when it comes to that. Uh, Depending on who your financial advisors are, right, they're going to tell you different things. So one of the things that I love about uh, Robert Kiyosaki is he he would actually argue against everything that you just said. Oh, yeah. He would say, why would you kill your cash cow and why aren't you leveraging all of your properties? Right. Right. However, Dave Ramsey... Dave Ramsey, on the other hand, says, why were you acquiring any debt? Right. Any debt, you're slave to it. It's true. 
So, I mean, the, the argument can be made both ways, but uh, ultimately, ultimately, it comes, to, it comes down to your strategy. That's why you really have to think about how you're getting out of the investment while you're getting into it. Right. Otherwise, I mean, if you're trying to fix a problem, you know, trying to fix a leak after <laughs> you're already in the ocean, it's going to be a lot harder than if you fix a leak before you get on before the you launch the boat. Right. Yep. I mean, that's the same. That's so that's exactly start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. Be educated. Be educated and uh, don't invest with emotion. Don't invest with emotion. And think about the exit strategy. That's it. Well, that was the first one, huh? Yeah, that was the first one. That's okay. We can double up. It's important. It is absolutely important. (laughs) (laughs) It's that important we had to say it twice. It's so important. So, so important. All right. So, uh, last little uh, end here before we cut out for for this episode today. By the way, after it was was for the Chief Denny thing, at the very end of uh, their Vegas Vegas thing, we decided that uh, they were pitching a new promo. The new promo? Yeah, they were doing another event. You remember what it was? No, remind me. Asset management. Oh, asset management. So at the end of the real estate investment seminar, mind you, we had already bought a house. They're gonna they're gonna pitch us to this other thing called asset management. We're gonna learn about corporations and entities and liabilities. And of course it's another two grand per person. Right. So well they paid us two grand to Go they paid Vegas. us to go to Vegas, so we thought it was only fair that we'd take the four grand that they gave us, give them back their money, and go to this next and go event. to the next event. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we ended up. So Chief, I mean, we have done another deal with Chief. You know, later on in the future, we'll talk about that story a little later. How Chief came back into our lives about right. ten years later. <laughs> but uh, but if you're listening, um, sorry, but thank you. <laughs> Sorry, but thank you. And thank you, I mean, honestly, for the education and the partnership later on down the line. I mean, everything. Chief's, Chief's good people. Yeah. Mind you, his name really is Chief. Chief Denny. Chief Denny. Yeah. If you do a Google search, you'll probably find a uh, show that he did on A&E, yeah. Flipping San Diego. Flipping San Diego. Yep. So he's a cool cat. Well, anyways, uh, that's pretty much it for our show today. So hopefully you enjoyed our story on buying our first investment property. You uh, got to hear a little bit of how we messed things up and then fixed them. And hopefully you understand now a little bit about how to move forward when you're thinking about making an investment. Definitely. And if you have questions about, you know, maybe you're in a bad investment right now and you're trying to get out. Uh, maybe you are thinking of getting into some kind of investment, some kind of uh, whether it's real estate or anything else. We want to hear from you. We want to talk to you guys and we're happy to, you know, talk things over with you and see what we can do to help you. I mean, you never know. Uh, Something we see in your particular deal might be something you've never even thought of. I mean, that's just the way, you know, conversations end up happening every once in a while. So, yeah, I encourage you to uh, give us a chat. Either follow us on Facebook, at First. Uh, You can find us on Instagram and Snapchat. Or go to our website, www.seasfirst.com. That's it. That's it. Peace. Bye bye. And I'm out.